Got it started off right with Mr. Pre, man. Welcome to Atlanta, man. You know how it goes. Hey, podcast coming back to you. TikTok, TikTok is on the clock. We coming back to you live as always as we do it. Two-week session, man. We're going to go over a series of things that have been happening at LML, the goings-ons and whatnot. Hey, man, first off, before I go any further with this with this podcast, let me first congratulate uh, Dawson Livingston on a phenomenal season last year to be crowned the season six Super Bowl champion. Uh, and he played phenomenal, man. Played extremely phenomenal. Made a couple big trades early in the season that really helped transition him forward. Uh, getting Derwin James, moving the, moving a guy out like Henry, leaning on Hoover. Hoover being very productive and having some guys behind him to fill in the void when it when it happened. O-line in the playoffs play extremely stout for Atlanta. Tyree Jackson didn't do have to do much. And that was, to me, was the key for success for Atlanta. If they could lean on the run game, trust that really good defense, they got a lot of speed, talent, potential, and get some kind of opportunistic plays, they had a chance to be a, a really big problem in the playoffs. Those things happened. They made some great coaching calls, took some gambles. They paid off. They did their thing, and they, they won a Super Bowl. And they deserve the credit. Credit is due. Welcome to the club, Dawson. Once again, man, if you haven't said congratulations, winning the Super Bowl in LML means something. It's not just it's not just another game. I think people got to understand that when you put as much work and time as we do into this, winning the Super Bowl in LML means something. You're a special breed, a, a, a guy. You're a special breed, an animal to, to do it. You got to stay active. You got to stay on top of your game. You got to make sure you don't trade too much. You got to trade just right. Then you got to put the product on the field, and then you got to coach that product to success. So congrats to the Atlanta Falcons, man, for a Super Bowl victory. Now the question is, do they rest on their laurels and say we've done it, or do they return back to the bowl uh, do they return back to that NFC Championship? Do they return back and become a force to be reckoned with? We shall see. We shall see indeed. Woo! 17 podcasts. You think I would get this thing down, man? You know, it's it's funny, man. We, we transitioned this thing about six or seven podcasts ago from being a uh, question and answer period to just me Going over some things, in my opinion, is always uh, what I feel the pulse of LML is, where I think LML is going, what I think is ahead of LML, and and critiquing you know maneuvers made in, in in play that I've seen also in the league. So I'm gonna use this this quick moment to kind of break down what I plan to address um, throughout this podcast. I don't know if we're gonna have such a long winded one as we had previously. I don't. Th- I think the last one was like. 20 something it was it was it was a good amount of time but we had good we had good conversation just breaking down organizations and teams and schemes etc but i want to talk about the early struggles in lml so far we're we're at week two um and we've seen a couple things that are surprising and not surprising but the early struggles i I don't think there are many but there are few some big trades some things have happened in the trade market as always in lml trades can become exciting it can be it can be an addiction for some to just trade to trade but just some very unique trades and get my thoughts on how those trades should work moving forward some early surprises in the league you know kind of opposite of that whole people that are down and dumps but uh, a few teams that i've kind of docked being early risers um as long as they stay up they can do have a really good chance but just seeing what their outlook looks like some of the best plays so far in my opinion on those best plays 
I think we got to see a couple things happen early this season that have been extremely phenomenal and fun. Uh, laughing points and sometimes, like I said, very intriguing and kind of wow moments. We've always had wow moments in LML. The post-Drake period. I want to talk about the, the, the Redskins and the Chargers, the outlooks for those two teams. The post-Barkley period. I would like to talk about the Colts and the Giants and finally Strike City. We're going to talk about Strike City. Get, kind of give you a refresher and update so that you know what's ahead of you if you go down and make a trip to Strike City. Back at it, back at it on the scene. Hey, check this out. Mind me while I drink my fruit smoothie early this morning as I get things going. Early struggles to the league, man. Early struggles to the league. You know, there's two teams that kind of I want to shed light on. And when I say early struggles, I don't mean these two teams are going to not pan out and be successful. But I want to highlight the Indianapolis Colts and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Early struggles, self-inflicted, but also, you know, kind of some things they couldn't control. Um, When we talk about the Colts, we talk about a team that was extremely run-heavy the last seven seasons in LML. You know, uh, they've been... One of the best running teams in the NFL. They've numerous playoff trips, numerous you know chances to be a contender to possibly make the bowl, based off a really strong run game, a great offensive line, leaning on Barkley and Hines, <clears throat> and but having decent targets on the outside, you know, which is very surprising. Having really good targets with Hodgson and Devontae Adams there, and a, a lot of speed has been outside, man. And they've moved a lot of these receivers around and got in a lot of talent they wanted, and, and they really have run the ball really successful. Coach LeClaire made a, a decision this offseason to attack differently. I don't know what he's planning. I'm, I'm assuming that the 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 heart of what he's doing has to be to get Robbins developed a little bit more fully. If we haven't realized, quarterbacks don't develop if we don't get them going, if we don't get those stats, if we don't get them playing and being productive. Robbins is a mobile quarterback with great ability uh, after the line of scrimmage with the ball in his hands. He's extremely explosive. He's got a lot of high-end talent, I think. that, And right now he's being molded. The one thing I like about the Colts, their passing coordinator, whoever it is in the building is doing a phenomenal job. They're hitting people in gaps. They have great receivers on the outside. They even have the ability, like I said, getting Hollywood Brown in, having the young guy Avery on the outside, getting in George Kittle. That was a big trade for them. George Kittle is extremely explosive still, even in, even in his later age. You still got Hodgson in there. They got a lot of talent on the outside. And then they have probably one of the best premier passing receiving backs in, in, in Naeem Hines, who will kill you, man, uh, if, if you deep drop back in deep zones or you're in man coverage. So if you think about it, in, 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 it makes sense for the cost to go this way. It makes sense to kind of be against the grain. They have the flexibility with the offensive line in front. They have the flexibility with the receiving core on the outside. The big thing for Indianapolis is going to be defensively, how are they going to play? Right now, they struggle early. They've played a couple tough teams, but I like what they're doing. Yes, they're struggling, but they're putting up offensive yards uh, through the air. They're going to challenge people. And remember, man, when you lost somebody to sleep with the pass game, when you have the ability to run the ball at, at any moment, that makes you more of a dangerous user, and that makes you more of a threat moving forward. So those those Colts, man, uh, they're struggling early, but I'm definitely interested to see how things pan out moving forward. And if they remain the course, if they remain the course. We know the Ravens did it. We know the Cardinals did it a couple times, a couple seasons ago when they just said we're going to be we're going to be pass heavy. Uh Patriots have dabbled into that. The Cowboys have dabbled into that. It, it's definitely possible. It's 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 tough. You have some tough moments. The ball will get away from you sometimes. You throw some interceptions, but it, but it all works out in the end. Now to San Francisco. San Francisco has been one of the premier teams in LML since the beginning. 
Coach Kerry, even in his down moments, has always had his team resurgent. So when we say early struggles, we understand that this is very premature. We understand that this does not mean that the NFC West is already lost. Yes, the Rams are 2-0. Yes, the Cardinals are 2-0. But the 49ers have a roster with a lot of talent. A lot of talent, but they seem to have come up short a couple of times these last couple of years. They've gotten to the edge. They've gotten to almost the top of the mountain, and they've either slipped or lost their footing or something's happened. With Breida getting hurt last year, that was, a big, that was a big thing. That's the leader of your team, the culture of your team going down. It challenges you. But this year, Breida's healthy. The, the 49ers have made some big moves. Would you say panic or crisis? I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have looked at the 49ers games, they haven't been blown out. They've been close losses. The questionable play call on the last, I think that he called a great play. Uh, Giants took a gamble. It was a missed time by, by the safety, uh, kind of out of position, which let Slayton get that touchdown reception. The Losing to the Cardinals for the first time in a while, that probably is the more of a shocker to the league. But that's going to happen. No, that, you're supposed to split more games with division opponents. So finally getting caught up, losing since I think season one was the last time they lost a big deal because they haven't but at the same time it's not too crazy if they lose next week then maybe we we got something to talk about but early struggles right now i'm very shocked with uh how things are going in san francisco especially with Breida back in the building but hey you know like i say moving forward I'm, i i don't think that either of these two teams will remain in this this old owen stretch i think a win is coming very soon for both organizations who have been extremely competitive and i like what they're doing Big trades on the horizon. Scared money don't make no money. Put it all on the line, man. That's what you do when you make trades, man. You, you shift the culture of your team. You shift the morale. You shift the scheme you may want to run. Maybe you get tired of the guy you got. Maybe maybe, maybe, maybe you want something different. Maybe you want to change the scenery. You know, sometimes we get a car. I don't like the car. Trade the car in. <laughs> hey, man, it's been a couple trades you want to highlight. Um, first off, let's get, to the, let's get to the business. Denmark to the New York Giants. Why is Denmark to the New York Giants a big deal? Denmark has been with the Ravens since the beginning. Um, one of the most premier defensive players in LML since since his since his rise, season one. Um, a, a box, a, a safety that can play in the box, outside the box, take the whole top off of defense. Has the speed to play corner safety, strong safety. He can even play linebacker. He can do anything. And the thing about Denmark leaving the Ravens is is very questionable for the Ravens team. This defense has relied on on Denmark. He has been a key cog in that team, being successful in the postseason. And in the regular season, he's been a he's been a Pro Bowler consistently every season. One of the top guys, no matter what position he's played. Him going to the Giants is a big deal. The Giants like to sit a lot of guys in the box. They lead their safeties on the island a lot of times. And Denmark is a primary high man safety for this defense for his skill set to go from sideline to sideline without any any pause and really cause a lot of stress to 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 to, to any team playing that that organization. So I think that this trade was clearly won by the New York Giants on that behalf. But the Ravens also didn't make any slouch. They made a scheme change to the four three. They added a linebacker that could fit what they're doing, and they also added a younger safety. Good speed, good athletic ability that they believe can do the job, not as Denmark, but almost kind of like great value Denmark. So we'll see how that trade pans out at the end of the day. But I think both teams are happy. With Ramsey going to New England, you're looking at a trade that probably was one of the most fairest deals that New England has sent. Now, why is that? New England's got a lot of cap issues going on right now. They got a lot of big names in their roster. With Everybody knows their team is top heavy. They got a lot of rosters tied up with roster money tied up to these big players i mean big money tied up to garrett odell mcmillan uh, it, it goes on 
So being able to make these couple trades, we also understand that the strength to New England is being able to have a cornerback of Ramsey's caliber. With Gilmore, they were really successful. Greedy Williams has been successful. Adding a, a Ramsey for them is a real big deal for their scheme and how they like to really bother you up with the 4-6 to make you throw the ball, and they want to kind of take you out with a user skill set. So that trade, to me, makes sense for both parties. What the Dallas was able to get back helps Dallas out. A lot for a little sometimes is is not a bad thing i think when you trade one guy and get three pieces it's a lot of times better to fill three holes and just to fill one hole and then let the other two just kind of be what they are so i think both organizations made good moves in that in that trade and now we go to mac to arizona arizona's always shaking the league up with some kind of deal i mean getting donald last year getting mac this year two 34 year old guys X factors, nonetheless, that are going to continue to be dominant. They're going to give people a lot of problems. It's going to be on the, the, the NFC and the AFC to figure out how to navigate those waters. But how is this team looking for? This team is very intriguing to me, but I am concerned with the linebacker core. I don't know what's going to happen. you got a great D-line. What they're going to do to their linebackers is the question because I do know if they see an O-line that can navigate those two defensive linemen, that, that linebacker core is going to be out on the out on the island by themselves, and they're not the strongest linebacker core in the league. While their DBs are decent, they're going to have to figure out how to manipulate their linebackers to be even more productive. Uh, but their DBs are strong. Getting J.C. Jackson in, you know, being able to get a, a, a Khalil Mack in is a big deal um, for that defense because everybody wants to have X-Men D linemen. But we saw even in Cleveland, two X-Men D linemen, even in Indianapolis, can only take you so far. You have to do the other part. So I think it's a great deal for Arizona to have those two great defensive linemen, a great deal for the Detroit Lions, uh, kind of getting that man out of town at his age. They know what's coming ahead of them. They want to get it. They want to clear up some cap, and they were able to do that as well. Luck to Miami was one of the craziest deals we saw. It was a first-round pick for free agent Luck who was sitting out free agency. A lot of people were trying to say, buddy deal, buddy deal. Very questionable deal, but I always say, if you want a guy, go get him. And if you don't have any leverage, you're kind of you're kind of in deep water. And that's where the Dolphins were letting Wentz walk to try to get Wentz back, and then end up trading for luck. A lot of things are going on in Miami don't make sense. Um, we've watched Miami game film. It is not the quarterbacks. It is definitely the coaching decisions that are being made. They're guys that are open. If they just relax, calm down, play football, read what's in front of them, take take stay true to their reads. It will be successful. So we wish luck in them the best. They do have a quarterback, though, with a good caliber. So it, it the trade works out in the end. Uh, the last one we want to talk about is Sweat to Seattle. This trade is very unique because we know B. Moore likes speed. B. Moore always wants speed. He wants X-Men on his D-line at any cost. And in that cost, he gave up the draft pick that is very valuable. A lot of people are going to take gambles with certain users' draft picks because they know these guys are guaranteed. And when I say guaranteed, I mean it with no disrespect but guaranteed to be a top five, top three pick. That's how they view them. It's up to you, the user, if you're going to make those picks to, to make those picks valuable or not as valuable by your play on the field. The one thing we knew about this team, Seattle, is they needed a quarterback. So now Seattle's in this position where they have to figure out how to get a quarterback in the building. Be more likes to do a lot of things outside the pocket, throw a lot of deep balls, whether it's a post or it's a vert or it's a motion, whatever it's going to be, he needs to have a quarterback in Seattle if he wants to be successful. I know he drafted a young, fast rookie. I think the guy that had the fastest 40, I think he said like an 82 speed, 90 acceleration. He has a decent arm. It's really a West Coast kind of mobile quarterback. Still going to need a lot of work ahead of him. But we're more intrigued to see what has he got planned for Seattle? What is going to happen next? Getting Sweat is a big deal, though. I think Sweat is a game changer. If you use him right, he'll be a phenomenal ad for the Seattle Seahawks. We'll be right back at you. 
Let's talk about two major errors in season seven. Two big errors. Post-Drake, post-Barkley. Two of the top premier running backs in LML saw themselves in different organizations starting the season. Two players you would think, ah. The question we got to ask ourselves is, is there anybody priceless in LML? Is there anybody that is so good it would be unwise to trade them? I don't know. You got to ask yourself that. It's an opinionated question. I know in Baltimore, we believe that Lamar is priceless. We believe that no matter who we trade, Lamar Jackson won't be traded because what he offers can't be replicated or duplicated by anybody in, in the league. Not even Kyler Murray, who is a good speed guy. What Lamar can do is a little different when he's in, in, in the zone at his best doing what he does. But there's other players in the league that can be considered invaluable or priceless as well. I'm sure if you ask New England, Nikhil Harry is one of those guys. He's a guy that can go up and get any ball against anybody uh, on any day at any time. Invaluable. So as we proceed forward, we talk about Drake, big Drake, big brother Drake. Drake, the guy, the man, the myth, the legend who set records, broke records, bullied people, set statistical feats that probably would never be touched by anybody, but came up short a lot of times in the postseason. He was leaned on heavily, 95, 90% of the time. He's a great talent from top to bottom. There are some flaws in him, very minor. But he is one of those guys that you could probably consider invaluable, like like crazy value. Crazy, like untouchable, priceless. But the charge is always against the grain. Go out and make an aggressive decision and send him away. They get a haul for him. They get a great haul for him. They get in a lot of great players. Um, and they build a defense up that is monstrous. Just think how good his defense would be if they still had Montez Sweat. You know, that's the crazy part when I think about it. But um, we see the Redskins got Drake now, and everything's good. Everything's happy. The Redskins are a balanced team in a sense. They really want to throw the ball, though. Um, but they do have a running back with great talent. So we saw week one um, that there was struggle on, on both sides, um, more so for the Chargers in week one. Week two was for the Redskins. Um, the Chargers have done extremely well, though, leaning on a very talented defense, probably one of the best defenses minus the Patriots in LML with what they've built through those trades. The one thing I found out about the Redskins last year, the Redskins actually had a really good defense. Um, and Senos Lyles players for Drake is a big deal. But now you got to see, is Ronnie going to run the ball heavy? Is he going to lean on him like the Chargers ain't doing on him? Drake's, Drake is, is extremely phenomenal. Stamina is probably his only really big, big critique right now. Is he going to keep stay afloat the whole season? He's got a lot of mileage on him. And the one thing we saw with Melvin Gordon is LML kind of made him kind of slow down. Sprague, I don't see that happening with Drake, but those things you got to be mindful of. But anyway, the Chargers are doing really well post-Drake. Um, they're competitive. They're aerial attack. They still have a great running back and flowers behind them. So, it's, I mean, they, they, they're doing extremely well. That was a great job by Corey getting in that Drake trade, getting talent back, increasing his defense, still making his offense competitive, and still can do what he got to do. He can go back to the Drake offense with flowers as well. With the Redskins, you had a phenomenal week one. You saw the Drake effect of getting 285 yards, only one touchdown, but making a defense like the Bears have to stay honest while, while, while Daniel Jones killed him through the air with five touchdowns. The issue is when he got to week two, he played the Rams, a totally different game. Drake got shut down. Daniel Jones struggled mightily. The Redskins have got to figure out that, that math equation of what's going to work, what's not going to work to be successful. But so far, post-Drake, both teams are happy. That's the key. Drake was on the, box, on the block very shortly with the Redskins. I think they know he has great talent, and they're keeping him in the office. 
Now we talk about Post Barkley. The Colts made the decision they're going to go and be a passing team. But it's easy to make that decision when you have a running back of the same caliber behind a guy with the same caliber as the guy behind him. So you move out Barkley, you get in some great talent. Hollywood Brown is a big deal, a big trade for them. Being able to get a pick as well. Holly Brown elevates this this offensive pass game. It helps Robbins out. They can now take the top off of defense. Like I said, the Colts have a recipe in their building right now that can be extremely successful. Once they start to put all the pieces together, the defense starts to play tighter. I mean, the Colts can really be a scary team if they, if they play to the, to the level that their roster is capable of playing. But the, the Giants are, are the one that's, that we, we're trying to – the jury's still out on. How are they going to use Barkley effectively? They gave him a lot of carries first week. Second week, they struggled mildly against the Lions. This is an organization that leans on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has slowly started to fall off a little bit. Still got great talent. This is a passing team that likes the vertical offense, that would like to hit you on the outside, hit you at the seams. But a lot of players, they lean on are getting a little older, right? So now, do they go run heavy with Barkley? Do they do, they do that? Do they, make that? do they make that move and try to balance off what the Colts did, what the Ravens did? what they tried to do early on before he got hurt early in season one. We'll see. I think the Giants are coached really well. This is a a, a championship-caliber coach. Uh, They have uh, a lot of things on their roster that can be extremely explosive. They have a lot of things they can build schematically around the players that they have to be extremely explosive. So once again, I think this is the same situation where you see two teams in great positions with great players just trying to figure it out. So at the end of the day, those are my thoughts on the post-Barkley and post-Drake periods. I'll be right back. We're going to talk about a couple final things in the last segment. We're going to talk about the early surprises. We're going to talk about the uh, best play that I uh, the best plays, two of the best plays that I saw uh, so far uh, in, in the last two weeks in the Strike City update. Big early surprises, man. Like you said, we're two weeks into the season, man. We won't go too crazy. But three teams I want to highlight real quick, briefly. Vikings, Bills, Cardinals. Both both of these three, all three of these teams hit it 2-0. Um off of some frustrating seasons last year, not so much as the Cardinals. The Cardinals had a really decent season last year. But the Vikings bouncing back in the Jalen way. And the Bills, man, Isaiah Be- Beatty, Betty, uh, showing up extremely well. Um, now, of course, with the Bills, the, they will be truly vetted once they see New England and they see the New York Jets and they see the and then they continue to see harder teams on their schedule. But they have talent and potential in front of them. They have a nice roster, they have a good coach. They just got to, put they got to put all the things together. They're learning They're learning the layout and land of LML, and they're figuring it out, and that's the key. With the Vikings, we know how Jalen going to be. He's a very aggressive head coach. Even, even He's a very aggressive GM. An aggressive style will, will, will tend to give you great results or bad results. So far, great results looks good. As always, the NFC North will be fun to watch with uh, the Detroit Lions still very competitive. The Bears being one of those. That rivalry with the Bears and the Vikings is always fun to watch. And the new Packers user being in with Vega. Vega is going to be competitive as well. So I'm excited to see how that all plays out to the end of the season. Finally, the Cardinals. Cardinals getting a big win, man. Getting over the hump, beating San Fran, is going to tell a lot about this Cardinals team. This is a team that, to me, has a lot of potential. Ross has been built up really well. Tyler's in his bag lately. been playing really good football with Kyler Murray finally getting superstar. And Elliott and all these other great guys he got with, with Isabella on the outside. Great defense he's building up. Are the Cardinals going to return back to the Super Bowl? Are they going to return back to the, the NFC Championship? Are they going to return back to being that premier team that we saw season one? We will see very shortly. So, hey, man, those are my early surprises right now. Those three teams, man, keep an eye on them. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they do.
Last but not least, man, end of the segment, end of the podcast 17. We're gonna talk about two things real briefly. Best plays so far this week. You decide. Bears versus Saints, the game winner to take the lead. Great pass. In the clutch. Down the middle. Safety almost there. Misses the ball. Receiver catches in the back zone. The clone catches it. Wins the game with one second left on the clock. That was crazy, man. Basically a walk-off winner, man. Bears beat the Saints. Got to be heartbreaking for the people in New Orleans. But, hey, man, that was a crazy play, man. Football is all about crazy plays. Big moments and little moments. It was a big moment for Chicago, a little moment for New Orleans. Um, hopefully both teams continue to move forward and be successful. Second big play, man. Kyler Murray truck stick craze, man. Bulldozer is live in action. We want to see the fumbles come as all of us as our opponents of Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray started off the season in a big way against the Colts with two big truck sticks. But a great highlight film hitting the page, man. Got the face fuming and spinning up. Seeing the incredible feats of Mighty Mouse Kyler Murray as he truck sticked his way to victory and leading his 2-0 Cardinals. And finally, man, Strike City. If you don't know, now you know. Strikes don't roll over in LML, man. We told you that a season and a half ago. The update has been changed. The strike system has been changed, been updated. So if you're a guy that talks a lot of shit and says that you're going to do whatever you want to do and be above the law, just remember the strikes do not roll. Three strikes and you're out, man. There's no friendships here. There's no, oh, we're going to help you and give you a full strike. Legit. If you are found breaking or, or, or breaking the laws, we'll call it that, the laws of LML, and people send the correct evidence in, and it is viewed as such. Uh, as it is vetted and, and, and properly documented to see if there is a correct, is it warrants a strike, then you'll get a strike. And that strike will stick with you for the remainder of your LML life on Madden 20. So be mindful of that, please. Um, play football, have fun. We know what to do. Don't take advantage of guys just because you you think you're so much better than them or because they don't talk a lot. Be honest, man. I think integrity is a big part of this, man. Have integrity. Have some pride about yourself. Have some pride in your work. Now, if you and a guy got some beef and y'all talking shit to each other and you want to prove a point to him, I, I got it. Believe me, understood. Salute to you. I get it. But stay within the guidelines of what are written and you have no problem. You can do a lot of damage to people within the guidelines that are written. Uh, trades are very, the, 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 the rules are very broad and, and very and very simple in, in, in our mind. If there's any confusion, always hit an inbox of an admin. They're open 365, 24-7. Um, like I said, at the end of the day, Strike City is real. So... Please be aware of that. There's no rolling over. I mean, it don't don't think the strikes are going to be petty. They they weren't. They, you know, they they take in now what you did, how you did it, why you did it, and if you just choose to disregard the rules openly. You know what I'm saying? So the extent of those 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 punishments can be amped up based off that. So, hey man, LML has a, been a great journey right now so far for us, man. Existence is 2016. Uh, man, we've been having a good ride, and the ride continues on and on and on. We've got new admin carry in the box, man, so uh, good to have him back. I told him before, I said, you know, you got the easiest journey right now because this, Matt, you know, we're already later in the year. A lot of guys kind of know what it is, you know what I'm saying? It ain't too much crazy shit going on like in the beginning of the season, like when it started. So he's kind of chilling. So we'll get, we'll get things a little spicy for him next Madden when it starts off. You know, he's soon to be walking he's soon to be doing bigger things than than uh than than uh, what he's doing now so congrats to him as well hey man lml you know how it is man i hope y'all appreciate the podcast gave you my opinions thoughts and, and beliefs on some things and uh i'm not wrong i'm not right i'm just me so i can be lml you know how it is everybody after us they imitate us